right, we're here. Uh, I told you. Ain't no room. Just the boy then. Hey, hey, god damn it, OB. It's gonna be okay, baby, right? You're gonna go with Heck and Lydia, and they're gonna get you someplace safe. Are you telling the truth? We're gonna be right behind you. Hello, everyone. You're listening to the TV Zone Podcast Network presents Watchmen. I'm your host, Jay. And joining me on this coverage to go down this uh, very interesting TV series, uh, my sister night to my comedian, uh, that would be the one Miss Zena. Uh, How are you doing, ma'am? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. And for anyone who don't know why I refer to myself as the comedian, because he's clearly <laughs> not in this, but he was in the comic and he was in the movie and everything. And ironically enough, the comedian actually is my favorite all time comic book character. If you can believe that. All right. But um, but yeah, um, Glad to have you on board for this um, as we're going to talk about the TV series. Watchmen. might talk a little bit about the movie, maybe kind of sort of ish um, or whatnot. Uh, but before we actually get started with this, Xena, uh, just uh, your history with Watchmen in general. OK, so, you know, I hope that people, you know, they don't yell at me, but I went in completely blind. I have not watched well, I've, I've not read any of the comics. I have not watched the movie from 2009. And I remember when I first heard about the show, I was really curious about it because I really love Regina King. I think that she is just so beautiful and talented. And um, even going back to the movie, I really like Zack Snyder. So that's why I remember at first I wanted to watch it and then I just never got around to it. And then, you know, even when I, when you first asked me about it, I was thinking, well, how am I going to watch it? You know, how am I, you know, how am I going to, you know, get a chance to like check it out and stuff like that. But because it's kind of been like on my list for a while. So I know that it's on HBO and I kind of have a love and hate relationship with HBO. You didn't ask me all this, but I have to tell you. So, um, you know, they have a great, I feel like they have a great movie selection um and you know great show selection and stuff but sometimes mine always act a little wonky so that's why I don't always use it but honestly this podcast you know when you asked me to like join you this gave me an excuse to watch this um watch the show because I I was I was going to watch it but it's just like it just kept on you know getting put off and put off and so yeah well you I mean now, you <laughs> Perfect, perfect timing, I guess, right? <laughs> that's, that's how you got to look at it. Perfect timing. It, it, it was the it was the right time to you know actually watch it. Um, as far as for me, I, I was actually working at Blockbuster when when the movie came out because I heard of the book and everything before, like you know, a few years before the movie actually came out. I heard of the um, comic book Watchmen, but I had never read it. But then, like, as it got closer to, like, oh, they're making a Watchmen movie. I was like, okay, well, let me get the, you know, book and everything and let me read it, you know, before the movie come out. Which I did. Um, and I actually have it. It's actually, like, to my left, actually, right now. Um, <laughs> and everything. But uh, I remember reading it and I kind of, I got, like, engrossed in it because it, it was an interesting tale. And it was completely different from what we're used to when it comes to like superheroes and stuff like that and how there's a lot of gray area when it comes to them in a way <laughs> and then when the movie came out i just fell in love with the movie and and like i say it they've always said that like watchmen the movie is it was one of the hardest you know 
adaptions to ever happen because it was like rumored a couple of times in the 90s where they wanted to try to make a Watchmen movie, but it just mm-hmm. never, you know, got off the ground. And thankfully it didn't because I don't think in the 90s it would have really yeah. worked <laughs> and <Yeah>. everything. <laughs> so, but I mean, it would have been interesting because I know at one point it was rumored like they wanted like either Mel Gibson or uh, I think Ron Perlman or somebody like that to play uh, the comedian actually. And I was like, huh, that would have been interesting. I mean, if for one, you know, either one of them to play, especially during that time or whatnot, that would have been really interesting to see either one of them play that character in the nineties. Um, but in the movie, of course it was Jeffrey Dean Morgan who plays uh, the comedian. And of course people know him now for playing freaking Negan on um, <laughs> the walking oh, yeah. dead right? <laughs> but but he does a really good job in that role and that character is just like i said just something about that character and, and i kind of some way somehow has his same outlook on the world in a weird way but like i say if you, if you do end up watching the movie you'll understand why i say that and everything okay. which which i hope you do watch the movie no well. no i i definitely will i was actually going to ask you so do you think that because you know i'm not completely uh finished with the series do you think that i should watch the movie first or should i just you know continue with the series and watch it afterwards i would say continue with the series and go back and watch the movie because then because the the tv series in a way it's a sequel to the movie slash book but at the same time it's its own thing Okay. In a way, but it'll it will like if you go back and watch the movie after you finish the series, it will kind of open your eyes a little bit more to certain things that you saw in the show and be like, oh, okay, that okay. makes sense in regards to probably three characters really that's in the series. Um, but yeah, so um, after pretty much going on about the movie, which who knows? Maybe one day we could probably review the movie. I don't I know. I love that. <laughs> yeah, because I do have a lot of thoughts about the movie. Um, so the series uh, it opens up with this kind of like old timey uh, film, you know, and everything before you know before the talkies came along, which <laughs> I always love that they refer to it as talkies or whatnot. But uh, before those came along, you know, it's just the picture shows, right? And, you know, they just kind of depicting where this, you know, hero, you know, he comes in in his black cape and, you know, just, you know, taking down the, uh, the, the, the Klansmen or whatnot. And he reveals himself as the black man and the people are shocked. Like, oh, my God, black man is the hero. Really? Mm-hmm. You know, type of thing. I love and that. <laughs> yeah. And maybe, you know, in a roundabout way, it makes me think about Blazing Saddles. I don't know if you've ever seen Blazing Saddles, but... um. Jay, no, I haven't. Oh my god! Well, I, well, put it like this: that that movie would not work in today time. But it's it's, it's an old Mel Brooks movie um, with uh, Cleavon Little and uh, Gene Wilder and because it, it's a Mel Brooks movie. But okay. it's it, it, the movie is ridiculous, but at the same time, it's very funny too. But like I say, it would not work in today's uh, social climate at all. Um. But yeah, so he's the hero or whatnot, and we find out that he's Bass Reeves, and it's like, oh, okay, because people don't realize Bass Reeves, you know, was a real thing, and mm-hmm. you know, and everything like that. And for anyone who knows about Bass Reeves, there's a lot of history to him that doesn't get talked about, right? right. And and everything, and then we find out that we're actually watching this movie on a big screen as a little child is sitting in a movie theater alone, basically watching it. Um, and it's his mother that's playing the music on the piano to the movie. Cause that's how they used to do it back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. And you know, you start, but then you start to hear like the alarms going off in the background and you starting to hear like explosions. She starts crying. And then we just go through this whole madness and then when it flashes on the screen tulsa 1921 
for anyone who knows their history, they know what exactly that is. Um, what did you think about like how they decided to open the series up with the depiction of basically the Tulsa massacre? Ah, uh, well, I was not expecting that you know, at all, because they kind of just throw you in. I love the fact that they included it, because um, it is kind of like what you said, if you do know your history, then you'll you'll recognize that. And let me just say, I'm, for those of you who, who do not know, you know, um, I really, really love horror movies, right? I love, uh, you know, just like the thrill of watching, like, horror movies and everything, but even seeing, I say this because seeing this, like, real-life horror on the screen, it was, uh, it's very terrifying, you know, seeing this, especially when I saw the young little, like the little boy and he's no more than, he's probably like what, five or six. Yeah. And this if is, that. you know, all this stuff is happening. You, you can't help but feel, you know, his pain. And then especially even what's, you know, going on now, you know, it's, uh, it, it was, it was a lot to take in, but mm -hmm. it was filmed beautifully. Like, I feel like it is very there's something about it, I feel, that that just kind of pulls you in more because you want to know what's going on throughout all this chaos. So that's that's pretty much how, how I felt about that. Like, I couldn't stop watching. And even before we started recording, um, that's why I was even saying that. Like, when I, I was just going to watch one episode just to, you know, see how I feel about it. And, um, again, I, I went in blind, you know, as someone who... I'm not going to lie, since I really love horror movies, sometimes I don't watch a lot of non, you know, genre, non, like, horror movies. Like, I mean, I do try my best to do that, um, but this was uh, one movie that, well, with this series, I really wanted to check this series out, as I stated earlier. But, um, I don't know, just, just seeing it, I just felt like it was very, um, just... It was strong. It was it was like very powerful. Like I I love like the even the the op from the opening like the aesthetics of it. Like I was really yeah. lured in. Yeah, I mean they did a really good job with how it looks. Um, if if you didn't know any better, you would swear that you was thrust back into nineteen twenty one. Right. Um, and I mean, before we go any further too, let's, it, the series was created by Damon Lindelof, who pretty much made his name with the series, The Leftovers, mm -hmm. which Regina King also was in that too, for two seasons, um, and everything. And that series in itself, um, is very, is a poignant type series, which like grips you and grabs you because they take a lot of themes and just throw mm -hmm. it on his head and, and this series does the same thing. Um, but um, one of the things about the fact that they decided to open with the whole Black Wall Street, Tulsa, you know, massacre or whatnot. It is the very first time on camera, like in a series, movie, whatever. It's the very first time that it's ever been shown. Like anything in regards to that has ever been shown. So that was very important and a historical thing because, I mean, next year will be a hundred years, you know, since it happened. Mm -hmm. And they, I mean, the fact that for like over 60 years, they, the, the United States didn't even acknowledge that this event even happened. Right. And, you know, and they waited till like, a, there was like pretty much anyone who was probably, the child's age was like old and everything. That's when they wanted to start actually acknowledging it. And then when, cause I think the last survivors, they passed away like in the, the mid late nineties. So then they wanted like, Oh now, yeah, we can acknowledge that. Yeah. That this actually happened. It's like, really? Like, wow. really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's crazy. Right. But but it does like grip you like, OK, you know that you're going to be in for something um, or whatnot. So, uh, you know, uh, the little kid, you know, his parents, they come in, they whisk him out and because they're basically trying to escape. And we just seeing like these people just going around, ooh, white people going around, you know, burning down buildings, you know, shooting down black people in the street, you know, dragging them down the street on cars and stuff like uh, that. And yeah. 
and you know just trying to get him out of there and when they get to where their friends are and you know friends tell him like there's not enough room you know type of thing he was like okay then just the just the boy you know whatnot (laughs) and he was like damn it no it's not enough room it's like really he's putting him in a freaking trunk you mean there's not enough room like what are you talking about so you know and then they say they'll get buys and everything and the mother she tells us like well, we're going to be right behind you and stuff like this. And so he gets it and, you know, they drive it. And because we're all seeing it basically from his point of view, really. Yeah. And because as they're kind of, you know, driving out of town, like you see like um, ricochets, you know, bullets ricochet off the back of his trunk and everything. It mm-hmm. puts like holes in it. And you see in the background with plane flies or what blows up a building. And then I guess they get like caught in you know, like some of the explosion or whatnot, and then it just goes dark. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes back, he's he wakes up in the field, and you know the people that was getting him out of there, they were killed, and the little baby, their child, um, and everything is crying off on the side, and he goes over and picks him up. And I don't know about you, but I remember the first time I watched this, even watching this the second time, did it look like the baby was wrapped in the uh, American flag to you? I, I I couldn't figure out what that was that she was wrapped in. I didn't I didn't know if it was the flag or if it was a part of the uh, the wagon. I mean, maybe it was the flag. But it just it just looked like it, and for some reason, I guess because the way it was striped and everything, I was like, yeah, she, she wrapped in the flag or something. That's like, messed oh. up. Whoever just left her there. Well, at least they left her there and they didn't shoot her. True. You know, you know, that would have been even worse, right? But yeah. Um, but I mean, he comes along and he, you know, he finds her and he and she stops crying because it's like they have like this little moment and everything, and then he turns around and just looks at the town that he lived in. It's just it's ash, you know, yeah. it, it just destroyed, wiped off the map, um, and everything. And then out of nowhere, <laughs> this freaking. Rap song starts playing as he starts walking down the street. Oh, it's like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, what the heck is that? It's like, wait a minute, what is this? And then it, it jumps to current day mm-hmm. where, you know, this guy, he's driving down the street and everything. He's kind of swerving or whatnot. And, you know, as, and what's funny about this whole scenario is the fact that the guy that's listening to the rap song is like a white, I want to say, redneck type. Mm-hmm. Or not this list of song, and then he gets pulled over by the cops, and then it's a black cop that's the one that's and it's like did they I wonder did they do that on purpose or whatnot to have like you know the guy that's getting arrested is listening to the rap music as white and then the cop is black because that that's just that's like a dark humor type thing in my opinion. Yeah, I guess you. they wanted to keep it unexpected, you know, because I wasn't I wasn't expecting that with the with the driver listening to that music. But, you know, um, I was a little like I said, since I, I don't have um, like a background, I was just kind of like wondering, well, why is he wearing, you know, uh, like kind of like the mask part of like on his face, you know? OK, so. In regards to that, I'm glad you brought that up. So in regards to that, that is something that's happened in the 30 year time span since. Right. right. The movie takes place in 85, mm-hmm. which is not even in. It doesn't even take place in Tulsa, Oklahoma at all. It, it, the movie takes place in New York. Hmm. But I guess like the. And you see, OK, so I kind of have to. Well, do you have to spoil it for me? No. Uh, Kind of snow. No, I won't. I won't. Well, it's fine. I, I, I'm still gonna watch it, and I kind of feel no. like, in a way, I'm cheating anyway by watching the series. Well, no, because I want you to, you know, because like I said, you have you got two episodes left, and, <laughs> and because, like I say, it's in regards to one character, so I won't spoil it. But with what happens at the end of the movie has world ramifications okay okay so i i guess that's why certain things happen in regards um in tulsa why they decide to have the cops um using wearing masks so no one know who they really are got it things of that right. yeah, well i mean so, i just meant like at first i didn't because they 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 they, they, they um 
God, I can't talk today. They explained that at first. It was just like when I was first watching it, I was a little bit confused. You know, I I, I don't know. I, I didn't know why at first, but they do explain it. Yeah. So, but like I said, I, I will go like I say I, I got to remember. Okay. You, you haven't seen the movie. So like I said, I don't want to spoil it in regards to one character because there's a certain character that's in the show. That's an important character in the show that was an important important character in the movie so that that's why i'm i'm trying to avoid that right but um so yeah so the the cop you know he asked for the guy's um license and registration because he's acting kind of shifty a bit and he reaches over in the glove box and he quickly ushers this uh rorschach mask to the side which we don't know what that means at that point in time um and everything he gives license registration the guy goes back to the car and he calls it in and you know whoever this guy is with his mask it, it means a lot because at this point we don't know what exactly that means and whoever his um you know ceo is is you know asking him all these questions and this that and the other and because they don't actually wear their guns on them they have to get permission to use their guns which is like hmm that's interesting Especially mm-hmm. with now, right? right? Too bad. Too bad that's not a real thing, right? <laughs> um, so you know, he while he's trying to get it out of the uh, lock and everything, is taking forever. It's like it's it's jammed. And then when he finally gets it released, he gets shot all up, and yeah. the guy has on the he has on the mask, and then he tosses a freaking head of lettuce in the car. Yeah. And it's like that's terrible. Oh, mm-hmm. um, and everything. So I mean, just like that's it. it means back, very tense, and then it it goes completely unexpectedly how you thought it might go. I agree, um, like especially with that that poor cop. Yeah, like I, so, you know, again, I, I feel like this uh, again this this series, like well, just from the first episode, I love the fact how they just throw you in. There's a lot of violence, um, but it's kind of like you are like when it comes together, you know, I felt better. Honestly, I felt like I had like a better, you know, direction, honestly, by the end of the episode. Okay, that's good. Because it does. I mean, you, you do kind of get thrust into this world and everything. Right. And I, I from what I understand, like from Damon Lindelof's thought process on that was that he was making his own Watchmen universe inside of the already established universe of Watchmen. So, yeah, so, like uh, like I say, even though it is somewhat of a continuation of the original, but it is its own thing. So, um, okay, so after that is where we are introduced to a uh, good old Don Johnson <laughs> <laughs> and him, his wife is at a, uh, a play of, uh, Oklahoma mm-hmm. and everything. And what was interesting about that is almost like a hip hop version of Oklahoma in a way where how you could almost say it's like the Hamilton version of Oklahoma. Okay. Right? And, um, I mean, but what do you think about, like, just that scenario, like, Oklahoma, where it's a bunch of black people that's doing this play, which you don't, you don't see that a lot. You don't. And I, I love the fact that it was a full house. So, you know, yeah. I didn't, I didn't question it once I saw, like, people just, like, the audience, they seemed intrigued. Yeah. I mean, yeah, uh, I mean Don was- Johnson and his wife, they were, they were, like, into it. And while they're watching the play, we see where this cop comes in and he leans, he comes down to uh, Don Johnson's character of uh, Crawford, comes to him and, you know, tells him what's what's going on. And we find out that he's actually the chief of police or whatnot. So he, you know, springs into action, goes to the hospital, finds out everything that's going on, find out that. The guy with the Rorschach mask was a part of this uh, white supremacist group mm-hmm. known as the Seventh Cavalry, who idolized uh, 
the character of Rorschach, who was in the movie and everything. <laughs> they idolized him, and I guess they had been dormant for a number of years, but now they're kind of starting back up. Sounds familiar with certain <laughs> groups now. All right, it, it, I mean it does. It, it, it but. Don't but don't you think like like some of the stuff that you're kind of seeing like just in the first episode, it is very reminiscent of some stuff that's going on like right now. I I agree most definitely. That's also what made it hard to watch. You know, yeah. I think that if I would have watched it when it first came out, not saying that you know what's happening now wasn't ever happening, but just like how often it's happening. You know, um, it's. It is hard to watch. I'm not gonna lie. No, I mean it. It, it is, and because it, it, it's right in your face. Mm-hmm. So, usually, the stuff that's right in your face like that is kind of hard to watch. Um. So, so speaking of Don Johnson, like, just what do you think about him overall in the episode? I mean, we're gonna talk about him toward the end again, but just right. what do you think about like him showing up in here and just the character that he's playing? I, I liked his character um, at first. Um, I don't, okay, well, I don't know. I, I won't jump ahead, but I liked his character at first. You know, he seemed like a well-respected man, you know, that he appreciated his team. So, you know, he just seemed like that character. Like I wasn't, because we got, we were introduced to him first in a way. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm thinking like, oh, you know, he's he's going to be around and, you know, for a while, <laughs> you know, so <laughs> yeah, he's not going anywhere. What a team. So, yeah, but no, I thought he was, I thought he was okay. You know, his, with him and his wife, they seemed great. Um, I know we didn't talk about Angela yet, but even with their relationship, I like their relationship. Yeah. I mean, well, I do have a question in regards to, um, Jed and uh, Angela, Angela being played by Regina King. Like I said, we're going to talk more about her in a little bit. But um, since you brought up about the fact about them having, you know, like a relationship type because of everything, right? Um, did it seem to you like they had more going on than just friends? Yeah, I thought that maybe they they had a relationship. Like a, it, not a relationship, yes. but a, a more of a physical relationship, in a way. Um, like I, at first, I don't know. That's that's just the vibe I got. But then, you know, it just seemed like they were just friends. You know. Yeah, but it still had that kind of, you know, kind of over looming. Like there was like sexual tension between the two of them. Or it could just be me. I don't know. I could be wrong. I I don't know. I think maybe because they're like, they both seem, well, they both, you know, are aggressive. You know, especially, you know, um, Angela is a powerful woman. Yes. So that's, that's why I just thought maybe that's what it is. Like, she's not backing down. He wasn't backing down. Yeah, maybe it is. I mean, it is Regina King. Is there something I need to know? No, no, because no, just like I said, just watching the episode and like their interaction, it just feels like there's a just in the first episode, it feels like they were more close with each other than Angela was with Cal, than Judd was with his wife. But it seemed like Angela and Jed seemed to be more close with each other. Hmm. True, true. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's, like I said, it's just something. But like I said, maybe because it's Regina King, and I mean, you do get lost in those eyes. But yeah. um, <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> you know what you do actually. But um, I was just going to say, I think that I've always thought with well, with Angela and her husband, in mm-hmm. Cal, he just yes. he's not a man with a lot of words. He kind of had a lot of mystery, you know, and it's just kind of, uh, I don't know, like, like there's, I, I clearly Angela is is the the one, you know, who's who's more powerful. I think that she's probably 
you know, and I know people don't like to hear this. She's the one who's wearing the pants in the relationship. So, yeah. you know, yeah. which is fine. It, it, it happens sometimes. But I don't know. Like, I've always thought that there was just something. He just seemed a little empty. You know, <laughs> just a little empty. So I'll just leave it at that. And I didn't, but I didn't really realize that. And, you know, um, yeah. Mm. yeah. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to watch episode eight. Trying to wait, I'm really uh, trying uh, to like uh, stretch out the episodes, like because I'm seriously, I've binge watched the heck out of this show, and I had to stop myself because you you know what? Sometimes you binge watch something, and then you're sad when it's over because what do you have? You know, what are you left with? So that's why it's like I've been trying to like, all right, let me, I'm going to take my time now, you know? <laughs> like I say, you, you, when when you watch episode eight, it's going to blow your mind. Okay. So, yeah. But, um, but yeah, so, you know, but another thing I did want to ask you, like, what do you think about the fact that these cops are wearing these yellow masks? Like, when you see all of them, especially at the meeting and everything, you got all the cops wearing the yellow masks, and then you got this this special group that are more like vigilantes, and mm-hmm. then you got this ratty panda head over here, which, <laughs> that thing was ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, my I didn't know what was going on with that. But... <laughs> it's like, he just found it in a dumpster. Yeah, yeah, Alright, I'm gonna put this one. Yeah, I'll just take this. It's just like, really, out of everything in the whole world, you want that dusty panda head? I guess. I mean, I thought it was pretty cool, though. It just seemed like it's just like a... That's the world. You know? Yeah, but... No one know that you're a cop though, because mm-hmm. even no. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say I just I just assumed it was for like you know your protection, you know your protection, your family's protection, certain family protection. You know, I don't know. I mean, it made it made sense. It made sense, but I I just know that it it, it could backfire. Yeah. So you definitely could, but it was very interesting too the fact that everyone wears you know the mask and everything except for Crawford. Mm-hmm. He's the chief of police, but he doesn't wear a mask. Oh my god, Jay, yeah. why isn't he wearing one? <laughs> okay, you can't tell me. I don't know. You no, I mean that, that that never gets. I mean, actually, that never gets answered. Like, why he never wears a mask? I guess he didn't care that people knew who he was. Do you think? I guess. <sighs> okay, there's something about you know Crawford. I wasn't a fan of the picture with his grandfather when he was a kid. <laughs> it's like, what is that? And then even what he had in his closet. Oh, that's not in this episode. Oh my God, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I didn't say what he had or had in his closet. So <laughs> we'll talk about that. Yes, we yes we will talk about that. Yes, but so basically, I'm gonna have to insert something there <laughs> in that pointed episode. Of, you know, to just kind of take us out of it or whatnot. Um, but yeah, uh, so. I mean, Crawford, you know, he kind of goes into full chief mode mm-hmm. at this point. And he basically, Article 4, whatever that is, I guess that's like their cold red or whatever, like all hands on deck, you know, extreme, you know, execute with extreme prejudice type going after the 7th Cavalry mm-hmm. and everything. And what's funny about this is that Angela is the last one to, you know, get notified. Because what's weird about this is when she gets introduced, she's actually at her son's uh, school, you know, more in a, like a teacher-ish type role. Mm-hmm. And it's like and the son, for the kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she, you know, she kind of goes into her backstory where she was born and raised in Saigon, which is now a state and everything. Oh, so, you know, it's part of the United States now and it's a state. Right. 
And, you know, she was raised there um, and everything before it became a state is actually when she moved there. And, you know, she just talks about that. She talks about the fact that she used to be a cop and she's not a cop anymore because of something that happened on one night and everything. And her son ends up beating up one of the other kids. Yeah, I was putting him on. Because <laughs> he comes, because the kid does come out and say something racist as far as like, oh, like reparations. Yeah. <laughs> and so, I mean, he defended his mom, so. Yeah, he has a Topher, her son, adopted yes. son. Um, he is, right? Yes. Okay, just making sure. This, see, this is why I feel like I should just binge watch everything, just watch it all. But, um, you know, he has a little little tempo on him. like. Yeah, there's something about him. Oh, my yeah. gosh. What? No, I'm just saying he he has like a fire about him. Yeah. Okay. No. Yeah. He, he has a fire about him. Like, but at least he, you know, he stands up for her. That's, that, that's what's, that. what's good about that. And so after that whole thing happened, they only way, you know, they're going home and everything. And now, okay, could you imagine living in a world where you get like these random, like rain floods of uh, baby squids? <laughs> I was so confused. Like I had no, I didn't know what was going on. And, you know, I mean, I, I just went with it. It just seemed like everybody was used to it. Yeah, that's what's weird about it. It's just, uh, it's just okay. It's raining squids. Okay, get the squeegee out. Wipe them off the windshield. All right, let's keep going. <laughs> you know, <what> I'm <laughs> I bet but it smelled. Well, it did. It smelled and ew. It would probably be sticky and hot and gross. Yeah, but like I say, it'll, it'll all make sense uh, soon enough for you. Okay. Um, so like I say, after that is where we find out. Um, you know, we're introduced to Cal at this point. You know, when they arrive home, he's out in the front yard playing with their daughter, and you know they have a moment, and then that's when she get this uh message or whatnot, and then we find out like, oh, Angela is a vigilante herself because she goes basically down into her bat cave, basically, <laughs> you know, and she <laughs> puts on the all black and she looks she, awesome. Yeah, she do. She really does. And she gets into the car, and this is a badass cutlass that she's driving. And you know, she just goes out on the on the streets, and then she goes up to like this trailer park and goes and just beats the hell out of this dude and wrestle him. Love how she kicks the door open. She doesn't even knock. She just kicks it open. Uh, that was her knocking. <laughs> <laughs> that was the knock. So. And then that's when, you know, she shows up at the uh, police station and, you know, the whole thing when the meeting, because what I failed to mention is that she comes in, like, while the meeting is going on, because they're actually watching the video that they were sent from the 7th Cavalry, you know, and they rush at man saying that they're basically, you know, they're coming back and, you know, they're going to complete whatever dumbass mission they're trying to complete, really, right? Um, So... One of the things, too, about this show, um, at least in the first episode, that's kind of interesting, the fact that even though you have, like, this special unit that are considered cops, but they're more like vigilantes. Like, how how do you feel about that whole aspect of it? I think that that's really cool. I think it's cool. And even though it's like I don't really know, I didn't know at first like what they, you know, what they stood for or anything like that. But it was like, you know what? I'm with them. I I don't know. Just seeing Regina came, or Angela in her outfit and the way she's just so powerful and in control. Like she's the she's the aggressor. You know, she is the one who it's. It, well, I can't, I can't say that. God, I almost gave away a spoiler. <laughs> but just, just the way things, just how she is, how she's just a very powerful woman. And even when, yeah. you know, back in the classroom, you know, someone, you know, asked her, you know, just like um, what she was doing before or something along the lines about with her being a cop before uh, her son Topher popped the other boy in the eye. 
basically, you know, I loved how she was being very honest with the kids, you know, even though the teacher stopped her and, you know, it was getting a little bit crazy, but you know, that's, that's the life of a cop, you know? And, um, I love that she was just being honest from the beginning, you know, talking about her experience and everything like that. So, but the thing is, obviously she hasn't, you know, retired and now she's all just this powerful woman and, uh, just a woman I just want to be. So, but yes, to answer your question, I I I like the group. Okay, I mean, well, what do you think about like the other men? Because you got the the Red Scare, who's Red like scare. this communist <laughs> joker that's always eating and everything. Um, I forget what the other Looking Glass. Yeah, Looking Glass, played by played great by uh, Tim Blake Nelson. <laughs> I think it's like one of his my favorite roles of his. He even though he's been around a long time, but this is like probably my second favorite role. Weirdly enough, my first favorite of his is from the movie Old Brother Where Art Thou with George Clooney where he plays like this doofus, but he's like a likable doofus in that. But I really liked his performance in this series, though. Um, but yeah, looking... Holes? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Well, you know what? I do like his character. Um, I think... Besides from um, Angela, I really like him. I really like him. Mm-hmm. You know, um, even though okay, well, I can't say that, but yeah, I really like him. So I'll just I'll leave it at that. Okay, but and, and, I mean, like, who, what do you think about you know the other char- characters and everything? Well, I'll put it like this: even in the first episode here, they they give like, of course, Angela is gonna get you know, shy because it's Regina King. So, you know, she's like main character. Mm-hmm. Um, Looking Glass gets featured quite a bit in this episode too because he seems to almost be like Crawford's right-hand man to some degree and even kind of like the voice of reason or the conscience of the group in a way. Um, When it comes to, like when they're having certain conversations, he's the one that you know, kind of speaks up and stuff like that. Um, and then, of course, that whole interrogation scene, which mm-hmm. is kind of trippy and everything. Oh, man. Um, right. Um, but, yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I like him. But you kind of don't get enough of Red Scare and... I can't remember what the other girl's name. Oh, oh there's another girl. Yeah. I can't remember I her name. I don't know her name. Yeah, I don't remember her name. But but they kind of take a back seat, really. Red Scare and the other girl. Um, they they, they kind of take a back seat, unfortunately. But okay, so let's kind of get to something that happens in this episode where they just kind of randomly. Well, I wouldn't say randomly, but they end up going to this uh, farmhouse because the guy that Angela well. Sister Knight, you know, I should say, she brought in to have Looking Glass interrogate. You know, he doesn't give Looking Glass any real information. So Sister Knight kind of basically have to beat it out of him, literally. I right? love that. Yeah. She just, and, just lying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So find out that there's a freaking farmhouse. There's always a farmhouse, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> even in horror movies, there's always a farmhouse. Always. Okay. So they find out that that's like a hub for like a group of the seven cavalry. And so they decide to go in and kind of they try to sneak up on them, but they end up getting, you know, get some heavy artillery, you know, thrown back their way in a 50 cal mm-hmm. and everything. And freaking cows are getting mowed down, which is like, geez, why the, not the cows? Like they <laughs> shoot the hell out of the cows. But, but cows. I mean, yeah, right. And I mean, we get this like a lot of action that goes on here. And for me, the biggest thing from this whole scene is because they kept cutting to uh, Crawford and the other girls. Like, okay, what are they in a freaking like a van like down the road or something? Mm-hmm. That's what you're thinking. But no, they actually up in this uh, ship that looks like an owl. And <laughs> The whole thing about that, now, if you watch the movie, well, when you watch the movie, you'll know 
you will see something similar to that, where the character in that movie known as Night Owl, that's his ship. And the first time I saw this, I was like, well, how the hell did they get Night Owl's ship and where the hell is he or whatnot? And like I said, I'll wait till the series is over for you after you finish watching it and I'll tell you. Just let me know when you finish watching it and then I'll tell you like from what I heard as far as like there's some there's like a dossier type thing that kind of lets you know like certain characters that what happened to them and where they are. Okay. In regards to that. Um, but when I saw it, I was like, huh, okay, like, how the hell did they get Night Owl's ship and everything? And then, you know, they come flying down and everything. And because, like, the two that tried to get away in this little, little, uh, plane and everything, they come chasing it down. And Crawford, like, wants to really get them. And he forces the girl to, like, speed up when it shouldn't have sped up. And he just basically roasts the dog on plane out of the sky. And then they end up, crashing and everything mm-hmm. and just that's just a whole crazy mess of a scene but i mean what would you think about like the whole like assault on the farmhouse and all of that i mean again you know i felt bad for the cows you know the cows didn't do anything but like you <laughs> said it is there is always a, a a farmhouse for some reason and a lot of um you know shows and movies but i really liked that it. it was action-packed and even seeing once again you know um just seeing i guess well yeah seeing sister night in action and it made me wonder like with um regina king does she do her own stunts uh i i want to say yes i want to say that she did because I believe that she did. I think so. that she like that she does. Because I mean, wow, she's just amazing. But no, I mean, I felt like it was very action packed and everything. And like you said, like I thought that they were in a um, like the other teammates Crawford and everything that they were just like down the street in a van. But no, they're up in the sky and it's just like, what is that? You know. And I just love the fact they don't really they don't explain a lot of things. You know, at, at first, you know, I was. I was really confused with, with um, like I told you in the beginning, how they just threw us in. But as things, you know, go on, you just start to realize, like with this series, that, you know, there's a lot of things that are not explained the first episode, mm-hmm. you know, and you just have to hang tight. Like, again, especially I was at first, I wasn't too sure, like who the other, you know, uh, the seventh Calvary, I didn't know who they were at first. You know, but then you're you're seeing like some of the things that's that's going on and just how set like, you know, Sister Knight and the rest of the team, they were just, you know, wanting to get to one of them. And I didn't understand at first why she was trying to keep one of them alive or she wanted to grab grab one of them, but then he took a pill. And I'm like, What? Like I, I was just so confused, you know. Well, I don't know if you noticed or not, that guy that swallows the cyanide pill that's the same one that killed uh, that shot um the black cop oh yeah wow i had so, no I, I didn't realize that yeah so it's like huh okay so that that kind of explains why he he did that mm-hmm. because if they would have caught him alive then it would have truly like unraveled some stuff okay. right away Right. So, yeah, that that uh, that's why he does that because he knew he couldn't be captured because he was the shooter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I, I just love it. And then, like I say, the fact that you know Angela, she, well, Sister Knight runs up to the uh, the ship and everything. And she's kicking at the glass and everything because she thinks that Crawford and the girl is like seriously hurting it. But then you yeah. see the hatch pops open. And then they get out and they just have a big laugh, like it was funny <laughs> that they just literally fell out of the sky. And that's what I mean. That's what I thought. Oh man, no, that he he's gonna be along. He's gonna be around for a long time. That's what I said. No, well, he did. I mean, he he activated Article Four, and Panda told him, said, you know, Chief, you're wrong for this. And he's like, well, it's my funeral, uh, <laughs> which was foreshadowing, <laughs> basically, right? Yeah. Because... <laughs> you are terrible. <laughs> But no, you, but it, it's crazy how they always do that with you know certain stuff where they foreshadow things like that, right? Um, so speaking of that, so you know after that whole thing or whatnot, um, you know Crawford and his wife they're they're home and 
profligate's word that uh the cop has uh awoken sutton is his name so that he's he's woken up he's out of surgery and he's woken up so you know he decides to okay let me go down here to see how see how he's doing if maybe he can identify the, the guy who shot him and stuff like this so crawford gets all you know dressed up in his cop uniform and he decides to you know he hits the road and he's going and then while he's driving along or whatnot his, his tires get blown out and he gets out the car and somebody flashes a bright light on him and then it cuts to angela and cal you know basically yeah, uh, partying you know, yeah yeah we just call it that <laughs> and <laughs> they're partying really hard oh <laughs> right yeah. um and then the phone is ringing and, and they don't want to stop partying. I was which... just like, come on, just answer the phone. You know, <laughs> like it just, how come you guys don't have a voice mail thing or <laughs> answering machine, whatever recording? Like, but okay. Was that her house phone or was that her regular phone? Uh, I want to say that was a house phone. That's what it's... I'm saying. Like, I don't know, whatever. But 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 you you get a kick out of this so so I was watching that scene and hearing the phone ringing in the background it made me think about um friday 13 part 6 jason lives when they're in the uh the camper and you know with the song playing and supposed to last to the end of the song oh <laughs> he... my god that girl was so annoying <laughs> but he but uh good old john travolta's nephew couldn't last to the end of the song <laughs> but um but yeah, I don't know. For some reason, it made me think of that, right? But so, like I say, they finally answer the phone, and she gets this weird phone call. Like someone know that she's actually Sister Knight, and mm-hmm. they tell her like to meet her at this spot and everything. So she goes, and she shows up, and when she gets out of the car, because she goes like shotgun and everything and before she leaves she tells she gives cal a handgun and tells him like if anybody comes to this you know to the porch and everything i want you to shoot them by the time they get to the porch but did like, you geez. see where she keeps the shotgun like oh so yeah, many surprises. that's a, oh she keeps the shotgun you know like a like a trap door type well trap release on, on, on the um, headboard yeah and she keeps the handgun in the chimney <laughs> Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's your home defense, right? <laughs> so at least it's in, it's in easy places to get to. So, um, so yeah, so she goes to the spot and she gets out with a shotgun. And she's like, "Okay, I'm ready for whatever." And we see this bright light shining on her. She she ain't with it. She's not with this. She's like, you know, shut that light off. Or I'm gonna start shooting. You know, <laughs> like. This is your only warning. So the light gets shut off, and we see Lou Gossett Jr. Now, I purposely didn't mention the scene earlier, right? When she goes to her bat cave, basically, mm-hmm. you know, because when she goes there early in the episode, he's sitting out there in his wheelchair, and he just randomly asks her, "Like, do you think I can lift two hundred pounds?" It's like, yeah, I think you can. He, you know, it, it's like it's just a random scene, but you don't think too much about it, right? So, you know, when the light goes out, she starts walking up, and she sees him sitting under this tree, and there's Crawford strung up on the tree, and he's just sitting there, mm. and that's how the episode. Yeah, just blood dripping. And you know what's crazy? I knew when he asked her that question, when he was just uh, just this man in his, you know, peaceful man in his wheelchair, I knew that he wasn't just a regular man. You know, I knew that there was just something about, you know, the, the older man, Will, you know, obviously, like, I don't know. Yeah. It's just, it, you just, I just knew that right away. But but at this point he he looks just like he he just looks like a feeble old man, mm-hmm. you know, because he's in a wheelchair and he's like he's old. But yeah, I mean, it, it, I feel like the episode it begins and ends with scenes that you know 
leaves you like like okay wow like what what have I just seen here mm-hmm. and everything um, I agree and that's 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 what I mean I couldn't stop I couldn't just stop there so that's why I <laughs> keep going well see I watched it when it actually was on and it used to kind of piss me off I had to wait every week mm-hmm. but I, I I didn't have a problem waiting um and everything but now I because I actually had to force myself not to watch the second episode. <laughs> See, <laughs> but I know I'm I'm gonna most likely rewatch the second episode like as a refresher and everything. But I think I'm gonna honestly I might just finish it up, finish up the series if if I have some time. But I don't know. It's just I, I know I'm gonna be sad when it's gone or when I'm finished with it. You know. Yeah. But well, here's here's something crazy for you. So as we're recording this on Thursday. Uh, June 18th uh, this weekend actually they are going to be showing Watchmen for free so even if you don't have if you don't have HBO you can actually watch it the whole weekend for free see that's why I have to <laughs> so yeah and it, it in my opinion is very much binge worthy I agree I agree if, if anything, I would say if you if anyone who's listening and plan on watching it, if you don't have HBO, you plan on watching it for free, I would say watch a couple episodes on Saturday and then the other episodes on Sunday. Mm-hmm. But, but don't watch them all in one day because I feel like there's a lot of stuff that might get lost. You know, because when you binge watch stuff, some stuff, it kind of gets lost because you're just going from one episode to the next. You, you're just going, going, going. You kind of you might miss certain things. Mm-hmm. So, like I say, if you do binge watch it, people, listeners, and everything, like split it up between the weekend. So that's smart. Yeah. Um. Before we wrap this up, uh, is there anything else from the episode you want to discuss? Um. I was just gonna say, if you're someone like me and kind of similar to what you said, if you're new to the series, if you're new to just everything about it, you didn't watch, uh, you didn't read any of the comics, you didn't watch the movie. I do feel like this is a this series. I highly recommend giving it a chance because, you know, well, Regina King, you know, that's yes. one. Um. Then the other thing is, you know, it 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 begins as a story. I feel like we've seen before, similar before especially to like other comics from what you may know about comics and stuff like that. There's mask, you know, sort of like, are they superheroes? Or are they not? You know, they're investigating something and, you know, every character I feel is different. Everything that's going on is different. It's like a different world. You know, I just feel like it's, for me, it's like, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know a lot about comics, but from what I do know, it's familiar Mm. But it's so, um, I I don't know, I, I just love the feeling when I watch it because it's kind of like you're, you're kind of like getting like a, like with most shows, what they try to do, obviously they try to tell like a story. But with each mm. episode, like as I was saying while I was watching, I would say to myself, all right, I'm going to watch just this one more episode and then I have to like let this one go. But as I kept go, I just couldn't help myself but to keep going because it is something that is so familiar. And I feel like this show, you know, it's like the storytelling, like it's amazing because I'm someone that, like I said, I'm not familiar with it, but I am very much involved, you know? Yep. Well, I definitely, well, I definitely got, and you know, one other thing about this series is that a lot of people were upset that because at the time that it came out, for some reason, it didn't get looked at during award season. Whoa. But it was all because of the timing that it came out. Mm-hmm. So, because I'm pretty sure Regina King, the show, um, Jeremy Irons, who we didn't even discuss because he, I mean, in his one scene, oh, God, because I'm pretty sure you were yeah. trying to figure out like what the hell is 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 that about? I I, <laughs> what is happening? That's that's what I was saying. Oh well, it, it, it's it's gonna that that story unfolds. I, I I would say that story unfolds the slowest of of all of the stories in the series. 
I mean, I'm I'm very much intrigued, but it's just like I've never seen something <laughs> like that before. But you know, you know what's crazy about Jeremiah is like one of one of my favorite actors, and he's also one of my favorite like actors with because of his voice. Yeah, because he just has that okay. you know, miss you know this is what it's going to be. Yeah. Oh, he's that such whole... a great actor. Like he is phenomenal. Like uh, he's just his character is just so insane. Like you know, it took me. This is completely random, and you know, but I recently watched. Maybe it was like a month, a month and a half ago. Dead Ringers, um, from eighty eight. Never watched it. I've never I, watched oh my god. Okay. Um, I don't even know if I should tell you to watch it or not because no, I know I, about it. I, I know exactly what it's about. I just I've never actually watched it though. It's well, it's it's very it's a great. I enjoyed it. It's just I don't know if I would recommend it to people. Like it's just one of those where it's like you will it will leave you questioning a lot of things. Um, mm-hmm. Stuff that has nothing to do with the movie. Stuff that has to do with yourself because you're sitting there and you watched it. You know, but no. Whenever I think about him, um, I always think about you know Dead Ringers. Or um, I know he was also in um, The Man in the Iron Mask, and I actually really like that movie. But with Watchmen, though, it's just like, it's so fitting for him to play this character. Because I I just love seeing him play um, characters like Adrian, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, good old Adrian. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, well, I said you still haven't seen nothing yet, and you've seen a lot so far with him, but you still haven't seen nothing yet with his character. Um, but when you were saying that about Dead Ringers, you know, it, it kind of makes me think about it's kind of similar to Twin Peaks in a way, where mm. like I love everything about Twin Peaks, but I know I can't like recommend that show or the movie Fire Walk with me to, to people because they'll be like, what the hell you got me watching? It's, it's so unfortunate, but it's like in you, it's like it's like, okay, with Dead Ringers, I want to recommend it, but it's just like, if you see it and there's some stuff that you may see, it's like, why would you, you know, recommend that to me? And it's just like, ah, it's I don't know. It's one of those movies. It's a very vulgar. Um, it, it's a vulgar movie. So, but if you want to watch it, I welcome. I, mean, it. I, I, I know it's on because because it's, it's out there. It's actually on uh, stars actually. Mm-hmm. So, and because I get I have stars, so I mean, like I could watch it, but uh, like I said, I don't know. It'll probably be sometime down the road yeah. if I do watch it. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't why. But um, but yeah, I mean, so that's pretty much the first episode of Watchmen, um, and everything. Like I said, we'll be covering all nine episodes, which is a lead up to another series that we'll be covering on the network. That's kind of one reason why I wanted to get this kind of going, just to kind of get Xena, you know, prepared for Lovecraft County. So yeah. we decided to, uh, you know, Watchmen. Which I believe you're going to be the lead on uh, Lovecraft County. I believe. Okay. I'm excited. So, um, but uh, anything else uh, in regards to this episode? No, that's that's about it. I think I, I think we we covered it. Yeah, I mean, we missed a little things here and there, but we we covered all the important bases and everything. Right. Plus a little mystery um, is there's nothing wrong with a little mystery. Yeah, exactly. How how does a old feeble man you know string up a two hundred pound man in a in a tree? Right. And uh. I uh, okay, yeah, we we obviously want to talk about. It. I was I was like how? <laughs> but, yeah, how? I know. Shoot, I'm not an old feeble man, but I don't know if I could really string up a two hundred pound man in a tree right now. And I'm thirty four, so like, you oh. know. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, it, it was a, it's a it's a very entertaining episode, and it does like grip you to where it gets you invested to watch the rest of the series. So, 
So that's uh, pretty much it for this episode. Thank you, Xena, of course, for deciding to you know join me to talk about the crazy world of Watchmen. Of course, thank you for having me. Of course. I mean, who who else would I have done this with? I don't know. Right. Whole lineup of people. You're fancy. <laughs> oh, well, sorry. Well, you did call me fancy pants, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, but all seriousness, uh, like I said, it is great to kind of. I think this, yeah, this is the second time I've kind of gotten you out of uh, the horror element. Yes. Because we did Atomic Blonde, which we had a lot of fun doing. Oh my god, that's such a great movie. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, so we're basically gonna be going into the wild world of Watchmen. Um, we'll be back for episode two. Um, and everything like that. So, any last words, Zena? Um, well, thank you again for allowing me to come on here and talk about this show, even though I'm just so blind and stuff. And, you know, thank you to the listeners for being so patient with me for, you know, with some of the questions that I have. Like, who's that? You know, and, you know, so I just, I really appreciate it. Of course. I mean, well, I mean, one of us has to kind of be that in this for this show, I would say. So, um, so my last words would be tick tock, tick tock, tick tock, tick tock, you know, or whatnot. All right, that's it, and peace. It's weaving in and I wait for later Ooh, I'm leaning on, leaning in on my yesterday Ooh, I'm sneaking in, I'm sneaking in